0: Hello and welcome to the Hooniverse Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Glucker. This is episode 304. Say hello to my wonderful co-host, Ron Baugh. How are you, sir? Howdy, folks. I'm well. Uh, Are you drinking anything tonight? Of course. Okay. I thought you were dry. What's
1: going on? What are you drinking? Uh, Today I've got a... what is it? I've got three different tequilas in house. So I forget which one it is. It's, uh, it's a rosé tequila though. Rose Codigo. That's the brand.
0: Wait, which one? This isn't the all, all female one is
1: it? No, that was La Gritona. This is okay. Codigo. Wow.
0: Fancy. Yeah. Uh, I'm rosé tequila. It's I'm drinking, um, double fractal dragon curve, dual IPA from equilibrium. Bro, I, bought it the, Come
1: on, man. I bought it cause the can looks cool. <laughs> it is. It definitely is.
0: Uh, it's smooth. It's not crazy. It's for I a double IPA. Like I M-A. would enjoy,
1: like, dissecting the the graphics of that can more than I would. Well, be drinking that beer.
0: I, the me. stuff I'm going to take after the podcast would go well with this can. okay, um, but, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it is tasty. And cheers to you, sir. Indeed. Okay. Let's dive on in. And first things first, we're starting off with the vehicle. Uh, it's funny because we were going to record this a week prior, but we were both very busy. We pushed it off, which is no big deal. People listening don't care. Was that your wonderful foster dog?
1: Yep, that's my buddy <laughs> Matoma, AKA Morimoto, AKA Big Squirt. Oh my god, it's and so cute. He just discovered these rocks, which there are probably hundreds of on uh, in like the by the, the radiator in my place. Oh my God. I don't What's have central heat. This building's from 1929, so I have a radiator, and, like, I guess someone thought it would be classy to, to bridge the gap between the radiator and the flooring with just those little pebbles, and they've been here for the last two weeks that he's been here, and he just discovered them tonight, so, like, his thing is now just picking them up, dropping them. No, really I'm making noise. So, so if, that, that literally happened right as we started recording tonight. If, uh, that's the first time. So if you hear that in the background, it's a dog playing, Sorry. and you cannot get mad at a dog playing. So
0: yeah. uh, it, it's fantastic. I love it. It's hilarious. He's up for adoption,
1: uh, and <laughs> not sad. I, I want to get rid of him, but uh, yeah, he is uh, he is available.
0: There you go. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, so I drove last
1: week the new. Toyota Tundra 2022 Toyota Tundra, uh, an important vehicle. Was that an invite drive? Was that, did you have it as a loaner? Or was that like a, that was
0: like a first, first drive in San Antonio, Texas. Um, Mm. yep. Uh, and, um, it was, um, it was good. It was a really good truck in for 95% of the things you want out of a vehicle. Um, it's it's i'll say the, the bad part right out of the bat it's ugly it's, it's an ugly truck
1: <laughs> it's not attractive yeah
0: especially when they showed footage of the last gen with like cleaner sides and, and all this stuff right. it's just it's it's it any better in
1: person or or no
0: some colors look better in person. Some trims yeah. look better in person. The, the toughest one is probably... Um, so, like, 1794 gets more chrome, and that, like, doesn't help. TRD Pro, you think... Hold would be on, the hold best. on, hold on. What
1: is that a reference to? 1794,
0: <laughs> uh, they've had that trim for a few years. It's a reference to something to have to do with... It's a Texas thing. It's like oh. like when, like, I don't know if the city of San Antonio was found. It has something to do the with... Alamo? T- maybe, um, but it's, like, a big deal. Why and, does every and, truck have to have a Texas edition. King Ranch, blah, blah. (laughs) Excuse me. Um, Because that's where they sell. Even though it's funny because everybody's like, oh, Texas, you know, we sell trucks. California, I think, still (laughs) sells the most trucks. Um, I would love that if that's true. Texas thinks it's king, but, you know, whatever. Have your fun. Um, So the, the 1794 trim and the platinum trim are basically the same except 1794 is more chrome and platinum is it limited shit it's limited 1794 and limited and limited is more body color so which i prefer but you would think like even the trd pro you think would help the giant grill but it's all blacked out all the way down like through the bumper and it just makes it look weirder so and like so some colors it looks good it's just it's not a good looking truck the way i described it is there's this era of, especially with Japanese cars specifically, um, uh, where, <laughs> where um, there's like an extreme amount of creases and vents to right. an insane level. So Civic Type R is a good example. It's too much for me. Um, I get why they did it. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, um, but it just, seems to be yeah. strictly uh, Japanese designer. Like, at least with an Urus, you're like, oh, sure. that front end's Lamborghini. It's recognizable. So the Tundra, right, right, right. I think, is caught up in the tail end of this design era. Um, right. And a good example. So, like, the I, new- I would
1: say I would say, I, would, I wouldn't call it a design era. I would call it a styling era. Like, it's just add as many creases, add as yeah. many folds, and just, like, different surfaces as you can. And, like, that's, like evident in c8 and a lot of other cars it's like yeah they're they're overstyled. it's not really it's overstyled design right. it's just like okay just add you know surfaces to make this more interesting yeah yeah and yeah You're toyota lexus there's there's a lot of manufacturers that are guilty of it
0: yeah well the lexus just showed off the new uh lx 600 and it's like 90 percent grill in front it's insane it's absolutely insane. It's insane but for the tundra every other part of the truck is really good uh, yeah. the interior is light years ahead of what it was, bit nice big screen. The on-road driving experience is right up there. Best in class with the Ram because they swapped out the rear leaves for multi-link. So it's a multi-link suspension outback, which, you know, causes a hit to payload. But, uh-huh. um, and then the engine, the base engine is a three and a half liter twin turbo V six and the, upgraded engine is a three and a half liter twin turbo v6 with an electric motor sandwiched between the engine and the transmission so it's a it's a hybrid
1: um, so is it, does that motor drive front or rear wheels or both it kind of drives
0: it all because it lives in between the engine it's like in the bell, bell housing so gotcha. it, it, it's happening it's like, before you gotcha. get to the gotcha. diffs um and it's 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 a very mild hybrid compared to the, the f-150 you know it only operates up to certain speeds there's no button for ev mode it's more for like helping you get off the line helping improve right. overall fuel economy it makes some really neat like whirring noises at times which is kind of cool yeah. but it makes 470 something horse five something hundred plus torque so it was great and then off-road it was super comfortable very as good. well in
1: does that mean no more Toyota V8 in, in that yeah, truck? Yeah, there's,
0: no, there's, there's basically V8s are going away for Toyota and Lexus. Gotcha. So like that new LX600 is also uh, some, some manner of forced induction V6.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so the era of the V8 is pretty much over for Toyota, which is funny because right outside, which we'll get to later, but I have an IS500, which is essentially the last V8 for this family. Um, yeah. Which is kind of crazy, but we'll talk about that one in a little bit. Uh, but the truck also
1: interesting because they they upped for the next gen of NASCAR, so they're still yeah they're still yeah. marketing or racing a naturally aspirated V eight, but yeah, I mean NASCAR really has no connection with street cars anymore, anyways. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah,
0: um, yeah. That's a, that's a good point. Um, <clears throat> but it's good news that the new Tundra, despite being stylistically challenged. Is a very good truck and i'm really curious to see what they're going to do in the aftermarket with them um sure. the trd pro comes baked in with a light bar already in the grill which is mm-hmm. insane but That's it's playing true. to the audience yeah. and I, I i specifically asked them i'm like hey is that like a, just a daytime running light element blah 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 they're like no it's it's an auxiliary beam they're like yeah. but you can't use it unless you're also already using high beams it's like oh thank you Thank you for not letting okay. people just go blip. You know people immediately are going to find a way to like bypass it, though. Of
1: course,
0: and run that shit all the time.
1: Stupid! It's like the, idiots. the um, equivalent of rolling coal. Just yeah, max obnoxiousness. Just they, they, they,
0: yeah, they're li- literally listening to the weekend blinding lights, and they are the blinding light. And I hate them, even though I love that song. Um, this is a PSA for anyone listening who has off-road lights on their off-road vehicle. Your off-road road road lights use. are for are for when you're off-road. You look like a mega chode with your lights on on the road. Everybody hates you and you are actually actively blinding people and you suck. I had a guy, I, I posted a, uh, something on Instagram like two, three years ago where I was like, just saw a dude in a lighting, a light, uh, uh, Raptor, sorry, with all his lights on during the day. Nobody likes you. You're an idiot. And somebody messaged me. They're like, who are you? The arbiter of what's cool. I'm like, dude, I responded to, which I didn't need to. I responded "I'm like, yo, I, this has nothing to do with being cool. This is actively unsafe. Yeah. Those are for off-road use. You're blinding other drivers. You're, that person's a nuisance.
1: Yes. hundred percent. Whatever. Nobody's but- impressed. No, no, absolutely not until you're until it's, you know, the middle of the night and you're out in the, in the middle of the desert and then a thousand percent. Yeah. Yeah. A, a, a thousand percent. That yep.
0: I love the videos where they're showing like, Oh, look at our new Baja designs or our Casey highlights. Boom. Shit's awesome. Love it for off-roading. <laughs> uh, I wish I could turn my lights on in my, my Montero, but they're for off-road. Um, uh, okay. Moving on from the Tundra. Good truck doesn't look good everything else is good we're moving on to a segment where because we've been doing this the last few episodes where i think we're gonna dive into this or try to do this going forward where i'm gonna pick a good bring a trailer pick and a bad bring a trailer pick based on the vehicle and what it's sold for and ron is he gonna agree with me or disagree with me and we're this week we're gonna start off with the good. Uh, I'm pulling up a picture on my screen, which those of you watching on video or listening won't be able to see, but uh, so I can re-see it. Somebody listed a 1971 Citroen DS21, a wonderful, amazing, future-thinking machine. um, Sold for $12,750. Totally, totally reasonable. Uh, I mean, mileage it a, condition, like it, so it says 38,000 miles shown total mileage unknown. Um, it was repainted. Uh, the paint looks good. Um, the car runs good. It, there's some wear in the seats, but it's, I mean, it, it's, it's a really, really good driver. So like great condition, good condition for a California driver too. Like it's, 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 uh, oh, it's in Arizona. Um, it's, I don't, I didn't see anything wrong with it. But Okay, so it says like the radiator is missing a shroud, uh, air filter has been modified, and the steering rack has been replaced. But like none of that is for bring a trailer. They're probably like, oh, gross. Like, <laughs> right. and I'm sure the sh- maybe the shroud on a, a, a DS21 is tough to source. But who cares? That's a that's such a neat, interesting, real genius era cool car, and under fifteen thousand dollars. That's for bring a trailer. I think that's amazing.
1: That's wild. Yeah. I'll agree with that. That's a score. I'm not a huge fan of those cars just because of lack of availability and qualified technicians mm-hmm. and, you know, maintainers, but sure. um, they're cool. They're undeniably cool. And that's uh, a, that sounds like a great price.
0: Yeah. There's probably like five shops in the country and you know, all the shop owners on a first name basis and all that stuff. You're like, Hey, I need to ship my Citroen to wherever that Citroen lives. Cause that's where the shop is. All right. right. So good. We're, 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 we agree that that one is good. Okay. No. Here's the bad one, which some people might find surprising because I own one of these, even though it hasn't been on the road in seven years. A 1983 Mercedes Benz 300 TD. They say 300 TD Turbo. I don't know why they needed to add the turbo to the listing title.
1: VIN like um, number.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. And oddly, this one also has 38,000 miles shown, which is weird. And this is a very clean, nice W123 or S123 if you want to get super technical. Really, really nice, clean wagon. Um, it might have even been like a one owner or it was like a two owner deal where the previous owner owned it for 31 years, blah, blah, blah. Owned in Connecticut, which is where these things go to live. Lovely in black too, which is actually a rare color for these. However, yeah, it sold for sixty four thousand five hundred dollars. <laughs> yes.
1: Oh yeah. my god. So, so, are you considering just a, a back to stock restoration now? Like, <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean, no, like this one is crazy clean, especially for an East Coast car specifically, um, and the engine on these runs forever. The OM 617s uh, However, what 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 are you doing here? Sixty four, like.
1: That's like $100,000 Grand Wagoneers. Like, it's just... uh, It's a nostalgia for the Reagan era and, like, the waspiest of wasps. Yeah, super waspy. (laughs) And, um, you know, it's like they'll never make cars like that again that, like, harken back to such a particular period in time that wasn't performance-based. It was, like... Luxury or lifestyle based. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It, was, it definitely wasn't performance based. It was you just rolled down the road in a tank that fit your family, your friends, and your very expensive dogs and um, uh, whatever the the. You probably had like gap clothes when gap was like.
1: A I don't even know. If gap single, was single, Is that, and it was like worth money. You're like a, you're like a rolling Raffler in Ed.
0: Yeah. Or, or Benetton. Is it a United Colors of Benetton? Isn't that, oh, that shit expensive? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so. I love W123s, uh, S123s, um, that, that price is, it's insane, insane for, and it's not like total mileage unknown, which means it's probably at $138,000, which granted for these cars is nothing, right? but oh, I, I don't even know. It doesn't even have the stock head unit if they want to get technical. It has a JVC aftermarket, JVC. No, <laughs> Not even like an Alpine well, for, or something. For
1: that money, it's yeah, it's got to be Alpine or like uh, uh, Macintosh something. Yeah,
0: Macintosh would be nuts. even yeah. like. Just give me it's like a, there. a Kenwood would be better than a JVC. I don't even know what we're doing here, uh, but so I think we're on the same page though.
1: Yeah, good and bad. It's outrageous basically. money, but you know I'm happy for everybody that's selling their stuff for crazy numbers. I
0: like, I, I like how you're always so positive It'll, about the it's, dudes. It's all gonna come.
1: Up. It's all gonna ebb and flow. It's gonna come down, but you know. Yeah. Ride that wave, you know. Make make that money,
0: huh? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I hear you, and I feel that. And I'm always, I am, I am always surprised when, when people get the good money for things. And they, I already know which one we're going to talk about next week because there was a truck, uh, like a, with a, just an old F series truck that went for stupid money. So I'll bring oh, that one up. I next didn't
1: see week. that.
0: So uh, Twitter was a buzz with hey, this. One. Uh, I'll bring it up next week. But we're moving on to something that's very near and dear to your heart uh, because it's uh, it, we're talking about wheels right now because. This morning, I saw a Lexus GX4. I dropped my daughter off at school, driving back to the house, stopped at a stoplight. A nice dark blue Lexus GX470 with like deep, dark, copper, bronzish TRD wheels. So from the brand, they look great. They fit perfect. They look like they could have been OEM spec. And technically they are from the sister brand, but um, right. it's, it's awesome. I love seeing... Wheels from another vehicle fit another vehicle so well, and I thought of a few examples where I think that also looks good, and I want to see what you think about this. C4 Corvette saw blades—they
1: look good on everything.
0: They do, right?
1: They, they look good on everything. Like they were 17s, and like you know, the base the base C4 had 17 nine and a half front and rear, but the ZR1s had 17 11s, I think, in the rear. They had like a three. They had they may have been 12s. They had like a deep like. Recessed hub. Yeah, like those are the ones that are hard to find like you never come across them because the ZR1 was so rare but um, Last week, I don't know if you saw this but last week I saw an OBS Chevy truck like an 88 to 98 Chevy uh, Chevy pickup extended cab on the freeway with those saw blades, but they were ZR1 spec so they they had the wide rears and the truck looked like almost like stock height and it had the wide rears, but those wheels are also directional, which was like unheard of in the era. So your right. left and your right wheels, like you know, like were angled in different directions. You know, as a you know, as somebody that makes wheels, I can tell you that is a huge pain in the ass. <laughs> but it was you know, somebody like like steadfast and said, no, we're we're making these directional. We're not going to have the rear wheels going backwards or the you know the other side going backwards. Right. But um, this truck that I saw on the freeway actually had the fronts on correctly and the rear's backwards. So like, I don't know if that was intentional or if they just like didn't notice that they were actually directional, but I feel like that would happen all the time. Like going to the dealer and like getting your, your tires rotated oh, and stuff, yeah. they just like swap corners or like put the put the wide wheels in the front, not realizing. And then like, wait, wait, this doesn't look right. And like, and or have a wheels- He's like, my, car, my car's
0: pushing yeah. everywhere. I don't know. Yeah, uh, yeah that's crazy. It's uh, a
1: It's a wheel, I've seen that wheel on like, Mark 5 Jettas, like Mark 4 Jettas even. Like, I've seen it on all sorts of cars, you know, from Impalas to Chevy trucks. Like, they just, like, on its own, like, I don't think it's a great-looking wheel, but it just just works with so many different body styles.
0: It is like the Cocaine Hillbilly TE37. (laughs) Because the TE37 (laughs) works on everything. That wheel is amazing. I don't know if you agree with that statement, but I I have never seen – a vehicle that looks bad
1: with tees no of course not they, they look great on you because because they have the right fitment for everything that's yeah you know, that's the thing like you know they've got big diameter wide wheels for r35 gtr they've got you know 17 inch like deep lips uh, you know six lug wheels for toyota trucks yeah and like you know they they have a version and they've mastered the fitment for all of those different platforms that's okay. secret to success just make them fit right
0: uh, another from the same era as the C4 similar era the fox body 10 holes
1: Ooh.
0: i like those cuz they remind me of uh the d windows cuz they're they're just like d windows with more yeah windows That's
1: um an accurate description
0: because they are like, it, they're like they they i feel like they work on anything cuz d windows work on like everything
1: from muscle cars to but what do you mean they work cars? on anything you haven't seen them on anything
0: I have four I've on seen,
1: 108. They only fit, like, Mustangs, like, random, like, Japanese cars. Like, you've, you haven't seen them on anything. I like, I like, I like Mustangs and I Japanese you cars, they though. look good on everything because I, you haven't I, seen you them just, on anything else. I have
0: two classes of car that I like. And now I'm going to spend um, the next few weeks Photoshopping them on a bunch of cars, making sure that the fitment would work, and I sending them to it's you. a
1: bigger waste of time. To prove. Like 15 I, I mean, by 7s, like... People use them as spares, like people ah, use them perfect. as drag as drag wheels, just rear throwaway rear drag wheels because you Love paint it. them black. And they're cheap. Of course, they're cheap. Perfect. They don't look good. All right, the next one. I, I have seen some guys. I have to give this credit, but you know, it's I, I don't know if it's really giving the design credit, but I have seen some guys recently cut up the the stock 15 inch ten holes and make like 17 inch three piece wheels out of them. And a, I would never advocate for that because I don't think it's safe. Right. You're taking a cast wheel and applying loads to it in places that it never would have experienced those loads. Like I don't think that practice is safe in general, but everything looks cooler with the deep lip and you know, three piece bolts. You know, that that looked cool. I, I gotta give that credit. But again, okay. I don't okay. know how safe it is.
0: The next one you are not allowed to disagree with me. No, you, of course you can. But the AMG penta wheels from that era of Mercedes Benz, perfection. So good. They look good on those look dope. Agreed. What are those five one one twelves? Probably, yeah, yeah. Um, I like the bunts too, but that's just me being a Ben's homer. The pentas are the shit.
1: See the the bunts, just like the the phone dial uh, Fox Body wheels, the ten holes. They uh, they look good, three piece converted. I've seen that or replicas in three piece a few yes. times. But again, like everything looks cool with the deep lip and you know yeah three piece yeah. hardware, but. I, I can't do bunts in general, but the Penta's, yeah, dude, home run, absolutely. I have copied that wheel a number of times and different configurations, and yeah, you just can't go wrong with that
0: wheel. Yeah, Penta. Penta's. It was also
1: used, uh, or a version of it that was made by Ronal was used on Celine Mustangs. Are there? Oh, really? Hmm. Interesting.
0: Because uh, then I'm starting to think about like what like that era Cobra are
1: wheel looks like the cobra r the cobra the 93 cobra r wheel was actually the 94 mustang gt like tri, like two like whatever parallel three spoke okay. it was that wheel painted black with no center cap oh interesting yeah it was like they had this wheel in development it was 17 inch it was you know it was five lug but i think the cobra R was still four lug but they used that wheel which is super weird because that wheel does not look good at all, especially yeah. not on the squared off Fox body as compared to, as compared to the, the rounded SN95. But again, my opinion. Sure. Sure. Now, do you have any other
0: examples of wheels that you think could dance around a little bit from something to something else? Like anything that jumps out in your head?
1: Mm, I mean, OE, like, I don't know. there's a few, like the, I want to say like 93, 94, 93 to 96 Corvette ZR1 wheel. That looks really good on a lot of different GM products from the 90s, like from Impalas to like my truck, like the OBS trucks. I've seen them on they they were a version of that wheel was standard on like the later Camaro SSs. Oh, of course. Like stock, anything that came with stock BBSs like the like BMW BBS like translates really well. The in parallel 5-spoke yeah, that's true. And like the E38 7 Series, like mm-hmm. 7 Series Sport. I've yeah. seen that wheel on Camaros. I've seen it on old school muscle cars, like, because it, it shares a bolt pattern with those vehicles and, like, you know, it's a lower offset. It looks good on a lot of stuff. Like, that's,
0: there's a lot. I was shopping for E38s Well, I was looking for this Jag, too. E38 was high on my list. And I, don't, I know
1: you and uh, I were, were not sharing information, but we were, yeah. Uh, I was we talking 12 t-
0: Searches going on I was talking to Tony Angelo about it too because he also was interested in finding one um, and the uh, I reached out to Freddie Tavares, Freddie Hernandez and I was like yo I'm thinking about getting one of these. I've randomly heard that the 12s are more reliable than the eights because there's some insane shit with the eights. Like, what do, you, what do you know about that? He's like, he, he just says, like, do not ever buy one of those cars no matter what engine is in it. It's like it's an era where BMW just didn't give a shit. They have the cheapest interiors. There's this and that. Everything's going to break. Everything's going to fall apart. It's still all expensive. And I'm like, in hearing him say that, where he'll, like, take on anything, right. I was <laughs> like,
1: Yeah,
0: I'm like, I still want one, but okay. <laughs> I mean, there's a reason they're cheap.
1: Yeah, our mutual friend Mike Rice. He uh, he was a BMW master tech for many years, and like he was like beyond tech. Like he was like the guy that was like subpoenaed to like represent BMW in like lemon, law, lemon shit. law, like lemon trials and shit. Like the guy, the guy's knowledge is extensive, and he's an expert. He's a like bona fide expert. And every time I see an E38 that I really like. And I'm like, it's got, you know, this engine swap or it's got this or like maintenance has been done. I'll send it to him. And I'm like, Mike, please, can I? This one? And he's just like, every single time, nope, 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 <laughs> walk away. I don't care what they want. I don't care if it's two thousand dollars. I don't care if they pay you to take it, just no. So yeah. Like, yeah. it's such an unfortunate reality because they're such gorgeous cars and that's like at at the top of my list.
0: Yeah, because I just wanted it as like a daily driver, drive yeah. kiddo to school in, like take take wife to dinner in. Um, and they're like sub $5,000 all over the place. I mean, mm-hmm. at least here in California. And so there's like, oh my God, like even, even the 12s, even the long wheelbases, like all this stuff, or like the shortiers, the shorties with the M sports, like all right. this, you're just like, ah, and, and everybody you talk to who knows a little bit, they're like hard. No, hard <laughs> yeah, no.
1: Dude, it's so crazy.
0: it's crazy. Cause they'll, they'll dive into like 12 cylinder Benzes or like. Audi S8s, an right. older one. And, like, they'll, they'll dive into all this other stuff, and you're like, Whoa, well, that's going to be crazy. They're like, it has nothing on that
1: yeah. car. Yeah. <clears throat> it's a bummer. They were so great when they were new. It was like, I was uh, 18, 19 years old working as a valet in Atlanta and, like, working at high-end restaurants. So, like, I saw, like, everything, all the cool new shit, and those are some of my favorite cars from the era. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, there weren't really – people weren't really driving Lambos and fucking Ferraris and shit back then. And um, that was like it. Like, you know, a 740i Sport with six speed, like, that was the ultimate. Yeah. I'd see a few of those, and like, me and my buddies would race, like, you know, clients, <laughs> <by>, like, cars. Because, <laughs> like, the parking lots were usually down the street. So we'd literally line up two cars and, like, haul ass down the street, <laughs> and, like, try and beat each other to the, to the entry. But uh, I, uh, one of my buddies who I valeted with, like, he basically convinced his dad to buy. One of those or at least i think he did and yeah we would just take it out and just go do burnouts in parking lots and just like we're just like finally this like we get to enjoy this car legally the way it's supposed to be and yeah we'd like leave like holiday parties and just go do donuts and burnouts in his dad's car bring it back smelling like clutch smelling like tire smoke like it's what it was for
0: that poor car there's yeah now there's now we're wondering why
1: <laughs> why we can't buy
0: them or why they're $5,000 because you'd be the sixth owner of this thing <laughs> yeah. that somebody is holding together with hopes and band-aids and uh yeah it makes sense yeah. um all right so moving on to stuff that we are driving um this week uh like I said earlier I have the Lexus IS500 in the driveway uh it is finished in a beautiful shade of blue, blue it's got, is crazy what is it yeah, called uh, I don't know. I got to look it up, uh, but I, I, it is a really good blue. It has uh, the wheels are uh, Enki wheels, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and cool. it has a naturally aspirated five liter V8, which is one of the magic numbers for a V8. Um, and then in the cabin, it's I, I haven't pushed it too hard, but in the cabin, it's nice because at 2800 RPM, an intake bypass tube opens so to let more sound into the cabin seats are super comfortable and it's just it's it's not going to beat anything in its class performance right. wise um because it's not an isf it's right. it's very they're like cleared like it's an is 500 f sport performance it's not an isf right. um but well, why
1: not i mean are there plans for an isf it sounds no. like no no right. i mean gsf is dead so, why? Why go to all that expense of engineering and well? I mean, they have the engine designed to not like sharpen it just that much more. I think I think they don't need to because their customer. I don't know.
0: Because they they're like, well, if you want that, just go. Even though it's a coupe, go see the RCF. You know, right. like they'll try to steer you towards that. Right. Um, but. It's, I mean, it still is like 470 horse or something like that. Like it's, it's plenty of power. Um, and it's, it's, it's actually kind of nice. They can sell you more like, well, it's, it's not as fast, but it's also not as punishing. Cause right. it is super comfortable. The seats are killer. I think it's a 17 speaker Mark Levinson audio system. Um, it's just the steering feel is nice. The gearbox is kind of relaxed for a vehicle like this. It's, it's not a okay. ZF or anything cool. It's just a regular ass eight speed. Uh, but, um, it looks good. It's almost sleeper. They didn't go over the top with the badging, which is kind not in of cool. That color. Yeah. Well, the color's not, but yeah. The, and the you, but you'd have to look at. There's like a slight bulge to the hood, and then the it has the stacked exhaust, right? Um, which is kind of cool, and that's kind of it. Um, it's I'd say is 500 on the back but it's like just one badge yeah. uh, so it's whereas like the isf you know is fenders and all this crazy shit yeah. uh, it's 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 nicely down styled off of what we were talking about earlier cars
1: look great like I don't it's a car that I typically don't pay that much attention to but I see them on the road and like they've got really great colors and like mm-hmm. it's I feel like it's the one car in like the Lexus Toyota lineup besides maybe the Supra that's not over, overly styled like it's like that's just tasteful enough it's got just enough going on where i'm not like oh man like i don't want to be seen in this right like every time i see him i'm like that's actually a really handsome car it might not be a full enthusiast vehicle but they're
0: good for for, it's like the it's like a perfect daily driver for the person who also occasionally wants to you know put his foot down and enjoy the commute um and it's excellent at that it's not nine tenths to work every day which would get old quite frankly uh, as we get older um
1: The car's good. I'll
0: be shooting video with it tomorrow before it goes away. It's a short loan. Uh, But another vehicle I had last weekend, I had an Infiniti QX80 to tow an Airstream Basecamp. Basecamp is one of their smaller ones, which funny enough, I didn't realize it was designed in partnership with Nissan. So it made sense to pull it with an Infiniti, which was kind of cool because it's like a real curvy looking uh, Airstream. And the 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 thing I've I've been fortunate to review a handful of airstreams over the years, and it's always the same story, where it's it's very much like a supercar in the RV world, where it looks really nice, the fit and finish is amazing, and then a lot of the times the shit you want to work well doesn't work well. <laughs> um, the solar on the roof just doesn't wasn't working, so. We were, we were dry camping, which you know, means we didn't have access to shore power. Right. So we're, you're charging the whole drive up there and it has some nice deep cycle batteries and all this stuff. But if you're not connected to shore power, you're sitting there because there's a fridge, there's a full-size bathroom, um, there's lights and stuff like that. Uh, we weren't running air conditioning. We weren't running heat or any of that stuff. So it wasn't like a crazy load. It's like a typical weekend camping load.
1: Is there and, no supplementary generator? No. No, oh,
0: wow. but you shouldn't need it with sure. the right. solar. Um, just for a weekend camping, you shouldn't need it. That should be enough to power what we were doing. And just the whole, I was constantly checking the battery because I can hit a button to see the voltage. And it's just like dropping, 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 dropping. And then at one point in the night, you start to hear beep. When it gets below like nine, whatever the voltage reading is, you're like, fuck, it's, it's a little too low now. So like occasionally during the day, I would just plug the seven pin back in and let the infinity run like it was a generator right (laughs) like that's what i gotta do to keep my fridge on all weekend which i didn't feel bad about it because we were parked next to a dude with a class a who had a generator and every now and then he would run it which is fine i mean you're at a campground it's fine and his generator was actually nice and quiet um but like when he would fire his up i'd like walk over and like turn the infinity on like all right i'm just gonna let this truck run for like 30 minutes to try to get as much juice back into this and we're doing it like all weekend. Whereas if the solar was working, I wouldn't have had to do that. Right. Um, so it's kind of a bummer. And and I've had other issues with airstreams over the years and it sounds like snobby to say, but I'm, I'm reviewing them. I'm, I, if there's a fault, I need to talk about it. Uh, I, I get that. I didn't spend the money to buy this, but like if I was reviewing a Bentley and shit broke or an Aston Martin, shit yep. didn't work. I would tell you, um, I've blown out a window in an Airstream once because the seals on them are sticky. Um, We couldn't get the air conditioning to work on another one where we were camping and it was hot out and like we had dogs in the thing. I'm like, this is a tin can. That's a sauna inside. Like the the air conditioning just doesn't work. And we were connected to shore. Like it just wouldn't turn on. So Airstreams are, are lovely looking things. The fit and finish inside is generally very nice um, the packaging is pretty neatly designed. It's great to have a full-size bathroom with a shower if you want it, but the, I feel like every single time I've had one, there's always something that
1: doesn't work. That's every unfortunate. Time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have no experience camping, but that's just sad to hear because it's such a revered brand that everybody thinks is like the Rolls Royce or like you said, like the Bentley of, uh, of the camping world, but it sounds like it's yeah.
0: more the yeah. uh, Lamborghini. So I, I do think that if you had one and you used it often and it was yours, you would figure out how to fix those problems. Like if this was my trailer, I'd be like, why is the solar not working? And I'd fix it. But you is know? that your responsibility? Like For this loan, it's not. Right. Correct, right. Um, but I saw yeah, I would be like, hey, Airstream, my solar's not working. Right, even as an owner, yeah. Like- fix my trailer. And, and then they would, but still, like if they're going to give one to the press, they should know like, oh, this thing works perfectly. Um, you know like it's you should probably put your best foot forward so I was like all right and like it it always happens the funny thing with the the window story which I think I may have talked about on a podcast eons ago um, was uh, we were camping in a really nice one at some campground north of Malibu actually like 15 miles south of the campground we were at this time, oddly enough. Uh, we had one of the big 28 footers, the classic shaped ones that, that you're used to seeing. Right. And our friends were tent camping in our same spot. Like some neighbors, we said, come on up, share our spot. We had the tra- trailer dropped off. I didn't even have to tow it up there. It was perfect. And then one of the days, so like we we I said, we couldn't get the air conditioning on. We're like, fuck. So uh, our wives took the dogs down to the beach while my buddy and I stayed and we're like, let's just open every window in this thing and try to like cool it off. So we're opening windows and they're like, they're really sticking and all this stuff. And I'm opening one and I hear behind me smash. And I turn around and his face, he's white as a ghost. And I turn around and I realize he just, just, he was trying to open the one over the kitchen and it had just exploded outward. And I immediately started dying, laughing. And he's like, he's, he's horrified. I'm like, dude, I'll say I did it. Don't like, it's my, don't worry about it. Um, and I'm like, that's fucking, I'm like, that's insane that that just happened. And so I called the PR person like, Hey, um, and the, the, the loan had been late to arrive. They said it was supposed to arrive a certain time. It was getting really late. They made it in just before the park closed. And this one, when our daughter was like a baby still. So we like, we needed to get her in a trailer to go to bed. So they were apologetic about that. And like, so now I'm calling apologetically. Hey, I just, just totally destroyed one of the windows on this like $150,000 trailer. And they're like, don't worry about it like, They said, they said it happens all the time. I was like, Oh shit. Apparently the seals, the rubber seals get so sticky when it's hot yeah. that like Airstream motors know if it's going to be a hot day, get the windows open. Is it just a slider or no, no, no. It like, what? Or what? I can't do it here in the camera, but it's so like the window just like folds outward yeah. away from the trailer. Um, so the rubber seal, which is good to keep water out, but as soon as it gets hot, that thing turns to glue, and and he put he's like pushing and it, I took a picture literally of like one piece of glass that was held together because there was a sticker on it that said like "be careful when opening" or something like that, <laughs> and they were like they're like hey don't they're like don't worry about it I was like okie dokie and so yeah.
1: I told him I for a partner, weekend with a window wide open. Like you well, do I had there? a
0: screen. It had a screen still. Um, but the glass was toast. The glass was just like a million pieces. It was amazing how it shattered. Like not, it did not break like automotive safety glass. It broke like a beer bottle. It was like a thick beer bottle. It was wild. Um, so that was, that was fun. That was really funny. Um, that was an otherwise a wonderful camping trip too. Um, the, that was going to lead me into the next vehicle. I was going to bring up that I get the Ford Bronco finally on Friday, but I'm skipping that. We're going to save that for another one. Did you not have actually, it already. What's that? Did you not have it? already? I had it for one day. Uh, right. I had it for right. one day at uh, via um, through Auto Trader because yep. one of the guys who works for Kelly Blue Book is a North American Car Truck of the Year judge, yep. and so he gets stuff sent to him constantly. Outside of just even getting stuff for. Kelly, Blue Book, and Auto Trader. So sometimes he gets stuff in where they're like, hey, so-and-so is getting this vehicle in. Video team, if you need to get into it for a day just to shoot a video, which is very helpful for us. So he had two back-to-back. He had like the four-door and the two-door. And so we we jumped into the four-door one day. So I've driven the, um, it was like a Black Diamond with the 2.7, which the engine kicked a lot of ass. This one I'm getting on Friday is more of a, it's the two-door Badlands with the manual. So I'm very curious about the smaller engine, the manual gearbox and all that stuff. So I will report the following week. I'm Uh, super curious about that. Yeah, I get it on Friday. I have it for a week, but I have to fly out of town next Wednesday um, to drive a new Subaru up in Oregon, which is perfect for a new Subaru. (laughs) Uh, All right. Twitter questions. First question from... Mac Murphy at Mac Ford Fan 98. This is a tough question, uh, just because we didn't prepare for it. Three car garage from the year you were born, or maybe better the year you got your license. So these questions are always good questions. I just don't, I can't think of what was from the year I was born. That's the part that always screws me. So I was born in 1980. So I, so was I, um, so I, I kind of I, sucks. I, I just don't like, know. Yo, know, that
1: sucks. And then big I got laser and everything sucked there's probably like some cool Ferraris or something, you know, um, really? maybe nothing made more than 220 horsepower. Right. Nothing.
0: Right. That's true. That's true. Um, and then the year I got my license was 96, which is better. Okay. Cause then what's our buddy a day is Camaro's
1: 96, right? <laughs> I think it's a, uh, no, actually I think that's a 2000. Oh, is it? Oh, that something. body style was 90. Well, like the his is a facelift, which I think is 98 and later, and I think his car is a 2000. But that that body style was introduced in 93, so 93 to 95, or I'm sorry, 93 to 97 was yeah. like the four lights. Okay. They weren't the catfish like like Anthony's.
0: And I, I can't pick that though because I've never been like a big camaro I'm more of a Ford guy like you are
1: like but i I drove his car and it's fucking great like for what yeah. it is it's like you know it's like you're not blown away by the the speed or performance but it's like got the right suspension mods like the thing is planted like it does its, its job it sounds it's, great it's comfortable the AC blows cold like it's it's
0: it's so perfect for him. <laughs> Yeah. He has the T tops off. Buddy, <laughs> it yeah. out the T Tops. Our buddy Anthony was a linebacker at USC. His arms are huge. You know, he looks like a I don't he looks like he swallowed Dominic Toretto and like absorbed his muscles. Um, it's it's
1: so it's the perfect car for him. It's so he, great. I don't know about you, but he's my attorney. So, uh, Well, he
0: is mine too. <laughs> glad, glad,
1: glad to have him on my team.
0: He's, he's a lawyer. Yeah. And he's a passive car guy. He's awesome. Uh, so Mac, I'm sorry. I can't pick the cars off the top of my head. Uh, Steph Schrader at Steph the Pat. You're not even an attempt? What's I I mean, all right.
1: Well, I, I, why mention the question? If,
0: I know. Fine, fine. 96. Okay. I think there was a Range Rover Classic from that era, which okay. will be one car in my garage. Um I don't know which generation of 911 that is, but I'm going to. Uh, pick.
1: 96 would be 993. Yeah. Yeah,
0: that's perfect. Yeah. So 993.
1: 996 was the first year in 993 Turbo, actually.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Even, well, I, I, I'm always a Target guy. I don't know if that's a thing. I'll take a 993. I'll take a Range Rover Classic. And I will take. Um, I need something with a bit more muscle from that era. Uh, or what? I don't know what would have muscle from that era, though. I mean, I guess I could go with some sort of Mustang or something, but
1: sure. What do you? Well, you, you answered. It's on my list. Uh, ninety six Selene S three fifty one. I don't know if R meant supercharged, but they had a supercharged three fifty one Selene in like ninety four ninety five. Oh shit! Ninety six. I think they still made the the uh, three fifty one, but that would be. My Mustang, my like super hot performer, and then I would have a '96 two door Tahoe, like I own currently.
0: Oh wow! Look at that. Okay. okay.
1: Yeah, I mean that was that was the car for all of like my my like high school classmates. They all had the the four by fours, but I always wanted the two door two wheel drive lowered. So got that. So keep talking. Keep keep answering. Always, I'm always on my list. Average. And '96 the G- Impala. That's it. That's oh, all I need.
0: Oh, damn it! That was a really good answer.
1: Well. You know, do I need that much Chevy in my life? Like, you know, there were E38s. There were, like, 96, like, S Coupes. I think, like, the, the big Coupes, like, the I'm, pillarless Coupes. with like the, really annoyed. dual annoyed. Dual-pane glass. Like, I love those cars, but I really loved them back then. Like, that was just, like, ultimate baller shit.
0: I'm really, really annoyed I didn't say 96 Impala SS. Really annoyed. Because what was the rarest color, the
1: red one? Uh, probably. Yeah, but '96 was the year that they got rid of the digital dash. It had analog gauges, and it had the center console shifter.
0: Uh, oh, switching God. to a new beer with the great label called Hole in the Sky. From right, well, I gotta Bella. catch
1: up. I gotta go make a drink real quick. You okay. Uh,
0: I and, and if you wanted to do a supercar, what I'm curious when like the everything XJ... sucked. <laughs> well, XJ220.
1: I mean, it sucked. Have you driven one?
0: No, but have when, have when was the
1: XJr15? You drove an XJ220?
0: Yeah, damn. It
1: was it was a customized car, but I don't think it made it any better or worse. I think it was just a terrible car to begin with.
0: I'm gonna. Yeah. You go make your drink. I'm gonna talk while I Google what year the XJR the Jag XJR 15. I think it's 93, 94. Oh, it's actually it's even earlier than that. I, it looks like like it's right. it's it's ninety to ninety two for the XJR 15. The That's X. Savage. The XJ 220. Stopped in '94, and then yeah. So no, no to the Jack. Oh wait, what year was the McLaren F1? <laughs> As I type this, uh, McLaren F1 and McLaren F1 was '92 to '98. There you go. So I'll do a Range Rover Classic.
1: Yeah, you got to do that.
0: I'll do the the fuck. You know what? I'll do a Range Rover Classic. I'll do a McLaren F1. Fuck the Porsche. Yeah. And then I'll do a 96 Impala SS because yeah. you got to keep it Here real. There you. you go. That's a good all
1: line. Right. You, you win.
0: Right. <laughs> Steph Schrader at Steph the pet Sell this once and for all for the DFL show. Is DTM, Deutsche Touring Wagon Masters, a touring car series?
1: Currently yes. or historically?
0: I think she's asking historically, but wagon means yeah. car. So I'm right. going with touring car series yeah DTM is also the shit
1: um, yeah. but now DTM is like SLS like Lambo R8 like you know it's not the it's not the sedans of the 90s like
0: it, you well no and, but British touring car is also insane too Um
1: yeah. and she
0: also wrote also hello new host I'm guessing this is Ba how much puff would a puff love lump if a puff love could lump puff I don't know if you know who Steph Schrader is me what <laughs> don't worry about it a puff love don't worry about it <laughs> Uh, Victor Troya at Victoria 21 is the month. I like this question because this guy has a Montero <laughs> is the Montero, the most underrated off-road vehicle and which generation is best and will be most likely to go up in value. Um,
1: it's i would concede.
0: <laughs> it is high on the list of underrated, but I honestly think, I think in this country, Suzuki might be more underrated as far as off-road vehicles go um, because samurais and xl7s and all that shit they can go a lot of places um isuzu people would lump in with mitsubishi so that that's i Mon, Montero's down there because everybody's was like oh land cruiser jeep blah 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 and montero can right. go everywhere those vehicles can go no question about it sure. uh and they're super reliable and awesome and i love them as for which generation is the best and will most likely be go up in value i don't know if the first generation is the best
1: Mechanically, because Gen twos and Gen two and a halfs are pretty awesome. So is, um, that, is that the the limit? Like, how many generations are there? Uh,
0: in the US, three.
1: Two. Okay. Uh, it went on longer elsewhere. Um
0: right. I forget. Uh, like, it died recently. Actually, like they just killed it recently. Uh, but we went Gen one, Gen two. There's a Gen two and a half with these super rad blister fenders, and then there's a Gen three. Gen one will go up in value the most just because it's the first gen it's boxy right. people like boxy suvs right now um but i don't what's yours gen two gen one uh Maybe. mine's the last year for gen one i don't see them rocketing <laughs> in value anytime soon um i think you can uh if you can find like a nissan patrol which is just something you never really see here that might command a bit more do- it's weird like montero's People who can't afford the, the FJ 60s and 62s went to Montero's, which is what I did, at least that's my story. And you would think that would drive the Montero price up, but it, it's done it a little bit. And some people have asked crazy money for gen ones, but they're not really getting it. Yeah. Um, there's been one or two that have sold where you're like, nope, uh-uh, hard no, you're insane. But I, I don't really see it going anywhere crazy. Brando, at Brando Huang, gen- gen- generic car advice question. What's the next logical step after a Focus ST for under 50K looking for something comfortable for long trips with adaptive cruise, but still a little fun if the roads get tight, thinking CPO Macan S or Stinger GT2, it will never see the track. And he writes that because I know he tracks his other cars. I think the Kia is a good direction because especially in like a boring color, it's totally incognito sleeper car.
1: Um, a Porsche is a little bit more standout, but great. Macan though, like Macan is like a jelly bean. I don't think it stands out as like- Yeah, but it's
0: still a Porsche. I don't, I don't mean a
1: stereotype or like discount it, but yes, it's a Porsche, but I mean, it's at, like a Q5, like it's yeah. very similar. like. Yeah.
0: Outside yeah. of California, though, that, that badge still is like kind of wows in some parts of the country, even though he does live in California. Sure. He literally <laughs> bought my 114 off me. So thank you oh. for doing that, hopefully. He, he autocrossed it once, too, my old uh, my old Mercedes. So um, uh, Brandon is awesome. But um, if you're never going to track it, just get an Accord. <laughs>
1: like Maybe. the
0: Accord whips.
1: <laughs> um, you what, know, what about a, a Toyota Camry TRD? Like? Uh, I, I would never I, advise anybody to get that car, but it's like the silliest thing ever. I know. I don't know why it exists.
0: 302 horsepower is like legit. though. <laughs> but the the, key, the he said it himself, the Kia Stinger, you could probably pick them up for like really good money right now, even mm-hmm. though Kia is oddly, well, it's mostly the Telluride that's commanding insane money. But um, if you could pick up a Stinger for, for within your price range, and you said under 50, I think you're good. That's a perfect sleeper-ish, cruiser the only people who really know what it is are are
1: enthusiasts yeah
0: and we don't care
1: as much anymore because it it was new and now it's not i would i would also throw in there something like a grand cherokee srt8 um you know there's a lot of fast like fun to drive vehicles that if you're never going to see the track like would just provide like smiles for days like yeah yeah um even a used mark 5 supra like I i don't know you know, if he needs passenger room, if if he can do it. He's tube. a younger,
0: he's a younger dude, but I don't know. I don't know his his full story. Not to
1: speak yeah. for you. Brando. Yeah, Brando. Howdy S four are like S 4s five even like yeah. a Lot of yeah. cars, super comfortable, very capable, and like easily tuned. You get more power out of them, and if you're not tracking it, like it's a car that you can drive at seven cents, like all day long, and just have the most fun with.
0: You know what car if i had a if i had to drive like into la every day you know what car i'd, I'd want um i really want to a, like a, a modern caprice
1: <laughs> The like the like, cop only version like, but just like as it is like bare bones like cop spec or yeah like but i would want to modify SS, it to like, like i would uh, improve sexy. the creature comforts well that's an ss
0: yeah 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 but i want
1: the Caprice, <laughs> just because I also kind of want an- SS interior and features- Yes, yes. Inside a caprice. Yes. Or
0: the police interceptor explorer. Yeah. Um, Just to literally get people out of my way on the highway.
1: (laughs) Yeah, for sure. You see
0: that in your lights and you're like, oh. Um, Okay, Ethan Tufts, hello road, at Mr. Ethan Tufts. Inspired by an earlier tweet by Bradley Brownell, exhaust pops and burbles on overrun. Are there any new cars where this trend actually sounds good? It sounds awesome on my 944 Turbo, but that shit is real. He wrote, also Pops and Burbles might be a good band name or Soda Brand. Um, When it first came out, I think it was a lot of fun, especially most notably on the original Jag F-Type R. It was bananas. I know another journalist who got pulled over for driving one press car because the cop thought it had some kind of dumb aftermarket exhaust and it was 100% stock.
1: Um, I know of a YouTuber that has one that gets pulled over all the time, and I think his car might be modified at this point, but still, like, they're just, they are super obnoxious. Like, I had a a customer that got one when they first came out, the two wheel drive version. Like, I made him give me a ride, like, through Beverly Hills just to see how obnoxious we can be. And it was max obnoxiousness. There's nothing like. I had uh, the Supra. The Supra is really bad about it. Um, It's, it's, you can turn
0: it off, which is good, but it's so constant you're literally just if you have it on and you're just casually moving in traffic at the same pace as everybody else every time you let off the gas
1: it's It's like i don't nope click like this is it's factory stupid. bmw crackleton. bmw is really bad about it but i i gotta say like we have a, a company supra mark 5 supra and I love driving that thing stock like it's it's lowered, it's on wheels, whatever, but with stock exhaust, I loved it like I didn't find that offensive at all like it wasn't annoying, it sounded cool. I was like, this is primo but we put we put an aftermarket exhaust on it, and I won't drive it again. yeah it's ruined <laughs> yeah, it's like it's way too loud it's not valved anymore it's just it's just super loud, super obnoxious, and it's not even the actual exhaust note it's the cell pops and crackles like it's just so obnoxious it that never like, stops i don't want to be seen in this car yeah you look like
0: an asshole yeah, yeah. um you're like who's that 16 year old like nope that's a 40 year old 41 year old
1: man um, <yeah. laughs> or you want, i mean i still rock my hat backwards my my morris blackman <laughs> do the right thing at, uh, that,
0: that joke i made is not making it into the edit uh so <laughs> that was pre-starting um uh, Bradley Brownell, oddly, has the next question. He says, you've done a cross-country EV drive. Tips and tricks for someone who hasn't done it before, asking for a friend. All right. I have done a coast-to-coast electric vehicle drive. I did it in the fall of 2019. We thought we were going to try to go for the Cannonball EV record. And then we realized that was not going to happen. We just wanted to do it in one shot. Uh, tips and tricks are the EA network is, unless you're in a Tesla, the EA network it's is your best friend. America. What's that? Yeah, Electrify america Yep, thank you. Um, especially because cross-country-wise, a lot of them are in parking lots of Walmarts, which is insanely convenient. Uh, not every Walmart is 24 hours, but a whole damn lot of them are. And uh, they. so you go there, you're charging your car. Uh, usually, you're going to find a minimum of 150-kilowatt chargers. A handful of them also have the 350 kilowatts, uh, which you know is more than the average car can use now. And there's a bathroom. You'll learn that there's two layouts to the Walmart. The bathrooms are either on the left or the right. And as soon as you walk in, you'll go, oh, I'm in this one or I'm in this one. You figure it out right away. Um, You start buying Hot Wheels and beef jerky and Red Bulls while your car is charging and you're going to the bathroom. Um, And it's perfect. The Walmarts are well lit and all this stuff. We'll say one Walmart across country was scary shit in Memphis, Tennessee because of the distance we heard pop, 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 We're like, okay, this car's charged. So let's get out of here. I've, Holy shit. I've been shit. waiting
1: for my opportunity to ask. Like, are the parking lots of 24-7 Walmarts not, like, the sketchiest places in the no. city that you find them? Because what I found is
0: they're, um, they are very open arms to people in RVs. Open As, arms. like, a place oh, right. to stop for the night, not for, like nefarious shit like there were right, was, like a ton of them it's well, not a ton yeah. of them it's like one or two people driving cross-country in their van life shit the walmart's like it's fine you can sleep here um which is amazing for these people they don't have to
1: find a park somewhere safe
0: um, so it's not
1: like rose avenue in venice where it's no. people who, like park there semi-permanently in their no 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 and, like
0: the parking lots lit up you know bright lights um the it, it it never felt unsafe, literally, except the one time we heard distant gunshots in Memphis. Um, three white guys in Memphis in, a, in an electric alley were like, oh, mama. Uh, we're like, we gotta get the fuck out of here. Um, and it, it was. It's, them up. yeah Boom. <laughs> yeah, <weirdly. laughs> we heard the. So the tip is uh stick to the ea network as best you can plan your route ahead of time or at least have a decent idea especially pay attention to the weather whether it's cold or hot if it's hot you're fine if it's cold really pay attention um and then if you plug into an ea charger and it is not reading the speed you want it to read try a different charger because sometimes you'll get one and it's slow and you go to the next one so rather than sitting there and just dealing and accepting like 47 kilowatts on a 150 kilowatt charger, try it. If there's empty chargers, try on another one. And more likely than not, it's, it's going to give you the, the, the full speed that the car can accept. That's happened to me a handful of times. Another thing, randomly, depending on what you're driving, this is more of an Audi e-tron specific thing. And we learned it from the very first stop. because we started freaking out the car, the charger in the car wouldn't talk. Um, the first few times we tried plugging in this was at our first charging stop on a, on a drive cross country. We're like, and it's freezing out. We're like, what nice the precedent. fuck? Like this can't be happening. And we, and EA's customer service was on the phone right away, which was great. They're like, as you plug it in, just slightly hold up on it. Like give it some upward pressure. And that, and, and that worked. We're like, what the fuck? Like a customer shouldn't have to deal with that. Right. But if you know that it's helpful. So, just keep that at the back of your head. I don't know if that has been solved. With con- this was like the first year for the Etron, like all you know, all a bunch of stuff. Um, but
1: yeah, stick I to sure EA. annoyance, but I'm yeah. not going to fault them because I, I can't tell you how many gas pumps I go to. That I got it like there's some trick to it, or yeah. the like, you know, the the lever to like keep it keep pressure on, it so you don't like hold on, it yeah. like that. Like is broken. Like you know, th- there's no perfect system yeah no
0: i know i know so good luck bradley on your cross-country trip i don't know what you're driving but have fun uh the jacob brown at the jacob brown writes shift talkers i hate when espn does it but i love your show and i have no idea why not a question but thank you ron is also on it what's <laughs> what's espn got to do uh i mean there might be some you know uh uh inspiration from sure. some espn stuff When my is Sharp? no 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 i'll tell you later uh <laughs> Team Radar S Pump at Team Radar S Pumpkins at Midnight Drifto. question for Ron. Now that I know, I've been drooling over his Fox body for years. What two style? This is a great question. What two styles of mod- modifications would you like to blend, given a blank check and all the time in the world? That's a good question.
1: That is, and it's uh, it's one that I've had in my head forever, and it's one that I hope to to execute soon with my '62 Lincoln. I really want to combine, like, mid-century modern styling in the interior of that car. Like, keep it real clean, classic with, like, the the materials that you would find in, you know, a a luxury home of the era. But, weirdly, I want the exterior to kind of represent, like, 90s Japanese, like, VIP style. Like, you know, the, the diplomat mirrors in the corners and, like, just, like, crazy camber and, like weird Japanese wheels, like, I I don't know what it is about Japanese car culture and like their styling. Like they do, I I feel like they do American cars better than American enthusiasts. Like their attention to detail is just so on point. And if I can, if I can build a car that appeals to Japanese enthusiasts and like gains their respect, then I feel like mission accomplished. And it's, it's, it's like the, the two don't go together, but it's just what I've no. had in my head for the longest time and like that will be like it's almost like a no like cost no object build because that, that car is gonna be expensive to modify and do what I want with it
0: that is a really good answer and I know midnight Drifto will appreciate that because I've been following him on Twitter for a long time and that's that's their aesthetic um, that's a really good answer and it but I feel like there was a point where, in Japan, they looked at U.S. cars and they they tried, they mimic them on a smaller scale, and then they exceeded them in their own Japanese way. Which is okay. why one of my dream cars is um, I, I forget exactly which Nissan it is. I don't know if it's a Cedric, but they, there's a wagon over there that looks like a smaller, like '67 um, Galaxy wagon or a Country Squire.
1: Yeah, 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 I know what you're talking about. Yeah, oh, I, don't, I don't know exactly which model either, but. I, it's like it's okay. a, it's, like, like-
0: it's a Nissan, and I want one so bad. Yeah. With like you know uh, a, either a 2J or a 302 or something under the hood. Yeah. Um, I don't. I wouldn't give a shit if it was electric. I mean, honestly, if it was electric, it'd be rad as fuck too. Um, and I want it so, which is like the other direction of the car you're talking about. well, if I Americanized a set, even though that's already an Americanized Japanese car, right. it's like inception at that point. There's, exactly. There's
1: Seven so many layers deep over there, and yeah. it's like, it's like who copied who, right. like who who came first, the chicken or the egg? But there's like just so much crossover between their aftermarket and like custom styling cues and ours. But I, I just feel like their execution is at another level. Like, yeah. when I went to the Tokyo Auto Salon in 2014, like, one of the things that, like, stood out to me the most and, like, impressed me the most was everyone. And, like, this this is from, like, the amateur, you know, show guy that's just there showing off his home project to, you know, like, the, the big, like, tuners, like, you know, Gretty and HKS, like one of the things that stood out to me was the fact that all of their wheels were clocked and the center caps were clocked as well so that everything was like if it was a five spoke it was like you know a true five star like you know the one spoke at the top like straight up and down the cap was clocked so it was you know perfectly horizontal and legible like that like do they
0: have to do that to do that, do they have to, like, get the car in, lift it, take the wheels off? Of course. Like, you have to do it on site. You can't, like, course, roll yeah. in.
1: Yeah. And imagine, like, when axles are connected, like, you know, it's like you've got to basically jack up, you know, the, the rear end and get both wheels right before you put it back down on the ground. Like, it takes a lot of work. And, like, that's something that most Americans and, you know, in the automotive aftermarket, like, would never even consider. You, you drive into the show. You park your car. You wipe it down. You clean it. You're good to go, but again, the Japanese just take things to another level, and it's just like they're not satisfied until everything is perfect. Like we're like, oh, like who's gonna notice that? Who's gonna pay attention to that? Unless you're going for like a Riddler or like a America's Most Beautiful Roadster, like you're not gonna like exhaust yourself with every little detail. But like they do, even when there's no reward. It's just like I'm I'm putting my best foot forward. Like yeah. this is how I want to represent my car and myself to the world and it's just like impeccable that's what
0: like i love at SEMA when they uh they all the trucks they talk about the bluetooth drive shafts <laughs> that
1: shit makes like me oh laugh. well such and such didn't make it oh well you know powder code fucked fuck me it's just like yo bro then don't even come like don't right. even bring that shit like if you're not a hundred percent don't even show Wait. up like sema sema is not a an in progress or like best project show but like but people it is this. people treat it is this. though
0: and yeah. what if what if we made a show that was like to the heart of your the japanese like you know if you're coming here your shit has to be done and it has to be it, it, like if, if it's a car that you says makes a thousand horsepower, we're gonna dine all that shit at the door, <laughs> you know? Like if it's a truck that can it can jump and do this, we're gonna jump it before you can get it in the door. Like Leave No Doubt. Yeah, yeah. It has to be this is like I don't even know what you'd call it, but like the show would be like called like call this it shit. Leave No Doubt. Yeah, leave <laughs> no right doubt. Okay, here. welcome to Leave No Doubt.
1: Like yeah. don't come half stepping.
0: Like. team leave no doubt i like it maybe that'll be her next blip shift shirt i like it uh, uh all right at greg catch at craig catch uh i found an old dusty porsche lanyard in my junk drawer the other day how much do you think i could sell it for and bring a trailer i would guess between 700 and hundred and fifty thousand dollars. what did he find i'm sorry i just an old I got, porsche I got, I got, lanyard oh okay.
1: um I got, it, I got a whiff of Dog poo. I'm gonna go scoop that real quick. <laughs> All right, I will pause so here. Go and
0: I will cut this. Go ahead.
1: <laughs> Sorry.
0: Shit. I'm not gonna cut this while he goes and deals with dog poo. Um, I'm gonna talk about. I really like his idea for the the Leave No Doubt car show, and I'm dying to get over to Japan. Uh, just because I really, it's a it's a place I'm dying to visit for many reasons um related to all of it. And uh, I, I just I think I always whenever somebody talks about Japan, I always imagine Tokyo as being a city that's ten years in the future and a hundred years in the past. And I'm dying to see it and um just wanna walk the streets, eat the food, meet the people, see the sights. It just looks like an amazing place I've never been. I've never been anywhere in Asia and hopefully one of these days I will get there and get to experience it. I, for a long time, whenever i have been on a Subaru trip, I started off casually dropping hands like, man, I'd really like to go to Japan one of these days and they're like, ha ha ha. Oh, wow. You're going to Japan. Please take me someday. Yeah. Ha, ha, ha. Uh, by the way, I never cut. I'm still talking. Um, and then like now it's on to the point where I'm like, Hey, take me to Japan. And they're
1: Like, okay, we'll see what we can Who's do. Who's going to take you? Um, I'll take you. Let's go. (laughs) I I, I, want to go. Anyway, Let's do this.
0: Yeah. I want to go with an automaker though. So I can go to a nice hotel. (laughs) Ah, (laughs) And then I'll take you. Okay. I'll take you. Even better. Even better. We'll bunk in our, our, our 900 or 99 square foot hotel room, even though it's like five star. Yeah. Like, how was your sushi? Like, good. I can hear it in your belly. Um, all right. Last Twitter question from Joel Strickland at Joel Strick photo. What's up my Aussie friend with so many brands going full electric. Are you excited for the future of the car industry? Yes. I'm excited for the future of the car industry. I don't think everyone's going to go full electric right away, but I'm very curious to see the brands that are the most hesitant holdouts to see where they go because the ones that aren't holding out have kind of showed their cards now. I mean, Tesla's Tesla, Ford is making some interesting moves as they're electrifying more and more of their fleet and they are creating a brand out of the Mustang. Um, Nissan has a few things they're waiting on. I wish the Aria arrived already because I've sat in it. I don't and even that know felt that like is. it was was yeah. that?
1: I don't even know what that is.
0: The Aria is like a crossover, very it's it's more forward looking. Um you're gonna have to Google a picture of it afterwards. A R I Y A. Nissan okay. Aria. I think it was supposed to be here and then COVID hit and it kind of it kind of killed the launch of that car and the chip shortages and all the other stuff you can make excuses for. But I sat in it and the inside of it feels very lounge-like. Um, it's very much what you expect uh, an electric vehicle to be like in the future. It's nothing, it's nothing exciting on the outside, but it's 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 ve- it's it's interesting. Um And other automakers are finally heading that way as well. So I'm very – the one I want to see most is what Stellantis – I want to see what Dodge does with electrification. They've kind of worked themselves into a hole with uh, high-horsepower bananas and also um, first-year military members who now have a paycheck and want to buy a car. (laughs) Yo, I I can afford a Charger RT? Like, yeah, you can afford an RT, but, like, just wait (laughs) – Switch. Yeah, um, uh, I know that's a meme. I know it's a joke and everything, but like, why yeah, does everybody? I mean, there's
1: some reality to it, and like, yeah. I mean, you drive yeah. by
0: penalty it's either sport bikes or chargers.
1: <laughs> exactly, a hundred percent. I, uh, you know, I had a Hellcat for three years, and I enjoyed being part of that community. But I'm glad that I am no longer associated with them because they're you always the about. most reckless and noisiest. Like, it doesn't matter what. Charger or challenger, you have like I, I feel like the first it step, the first step is removing all exhaust, all all muffling. Like they're just the the loudest, most obnoxious people on the streets anywhere that I go, and I'm just like, guy, come uh, on, man. Like you got an SXT, like our mutual. You know, you're friend. not you're not fooling anybody. Yeah, and that doesn't sound good. You like there's no way you enjoy that sound following you around everywhere that you go. There's no way. Uh, Ooh, I think, think, I think there's impressing. people in denial who think, they think that shit sounds good, but the, the,
0: our mutual friend Josh Ostrander and I were at the Kelly Blue Book office, which is in Irvine, and it backs up to where the, what is it, the 133 and like the, it's like we're two freeway split, I think it's the 133 and the 5 or some shit like that, or the 405, and uh, we heard a like this horrible fucking noise going up the hill, and it was totally—it uh, was, it was a V6 charger with an exhaust. And so we both looked at each other. And we we're just like, "No, Ew. it
1: was it a was V6 charger with no exhaust." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody's nobody's making like a tuned exhaust system for this. These guys are just cutting their mufflers out and putting straight pipes. It's That's, all no, it's all
0: it's all the leftover Dodge Dart fucking parts. Why shit um, sounds so bad. Uh, yeah, it's, it's funny because we were talking about electrics, and we got onto fucking Dodge.
1: Because <laughs> what are they going to do? I mean. They honestly, they can embrace they're it. They're gonna do what everybody else they is can doing. They embrace like, it. Gonna, yeah, they're gonna make a badass like they are muscle car. Like they yeah, have to. is silent and has crazy torque. Yeah, it'll be a burnout monster. That's that's it. Really will. It will be super rad. It'll yeah. be a shitload. It won't of fun. be all wheel drive. It won't be you know the the best performing. But I'm, the, the worst thing now they expect is like they will capitalize on being like the biggest tire smoke brand.
0: Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah as yeah. they yeah.
1: already are. Yeah,
0: but now the bad thing
1: is the
0: exhaust won't be there to drown out the annoying bullshit of the driver
1: as he goes by. Like, "Ah, bro, fuck you, blah. But, like, uh, Mercedes-AMG has a new electric vehicle coming out. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's just even at the concept stage, but they have a performance noise attached to it. It's the AMG electric noise. I don't know if it's in the EQS or some version of that, Mm -hmm. but, like, I can't remember what I saw, but, like, you could – go on their website and play the noise, like the acceleration noise of that car. And it was cool because it like, it sounds like futuristic and like, like, like a spaceship, but it's also sort of related to like the RPMs, the revs of a street car. Huh. So it sounded cool. And like, I could go for that. Like, you know, it doesn't need to be completely silent. Right. It's nice to have some like audible acceleration. note. I but like
0: the noise that Ford did for the maki I. I haven't heard it. Uh, it it if it's almost like if you could tell your ears to squint, it sounds like like a V eight, two counties over.
1: Okay, which is kind of cool. I feel like that's what this like Mer- Mercedes or AMG that I heard. Says. Like it's it, like it's like a distant. you just gonna tell your you just roar gonna t- rumble. It's like. It's like the the oral equivalent of like a like a seltzer, like a flavored seltzer. Like, no, no, no. it's it's teaching your ears to squint. And yeah. <laughs> just listen.
0: Going and no, uh, I, I the maki it makes. I, I thought it was a very interesting noise it
1: makes. Um, I gotta hear it. I mean, I've seen them on the road, but I've never. I like the uh, I like the tycon. Just
0: went for the full space, like like it works. Um, the the Porsche Taycan just like, oh, okay. and it, it kind of works for that vehicle and stuff like that. Um, so yes, Joel, I'm excited for the future of the car industry, especially as economic. cars like that Lucid economic. Air come
1: out. You know, I'm I'm excited for EVs from a performance standpoint and from you know, I don't want to say an economic standpoint, but definitely not an ecological standpoint, because I feel like a lot of people are fooling themselves and thinking that their electric cars like make them, you know, holier than now, as far as emissions output yeah. and like damage to the environment. And we're not there yet. Right. The making of your electric car is much more damaging to the environment than, you know, even it's been proven like Hummers. Like, you know, it's like, we're, we're still not to the point where the offset is in the favor of electric vehicles. No. You're not no. emitting emissions, that's great, but you've got to understand, like, you know, the life cycle of that vehicle from start to finish is still just as damaging as... Yeah, sure. Combustion. And mining
0: for all the shit we need for the right. batteries.
1: Right. You but, still use fossil fuels to generate the electricity
0: that powers these cars. Yeah, it's, right. it's definitely a big argument. Um, so, yes, from the, the climate stain bill, it is nice. It, here's the Here's the insane thing that brings me back to without us going full political, um, yeah, it's hard. It's just the, this, the talking point that sticks in my head forever is that, what is it? 70% of, uh, the climate issues are caused by like 10 of the largest companies. Right. So like personal responsibility for this, like, if you want to drive your, your 69 Dodge Charger, go nuts, buddy.
1: Right. Um,
0: and if you want to drive your Mach-E and your Tesla, have fun. We're not the problem. Cars right. aren't the problem. Um, right. So, like, uh, but, yeah, but also don't fool yourself into thinking your your green car is purely green. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. 100%. I'm with you there. Um, all right. That's all I have for Twitter questions this week, and that's all I have for this little fucking script in front of me, too. So, oh, it looks it makes the
1: screen so much brighter when I click on that. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, you got anything cool coming up? No. I mean, I, <laughs> I added, added a new car to my fleet, but that's not coming up is it the one we talked about yeah i got uh, it ended up getting the audi s7 it's, uh, oh okay so you're just gonna say it okay i, I, think, <laughs> I think we talked about it yeah uh, i think we talked yeah. about it off camera I, th- I i just listened to the first episode and i, I made mention of it oh <laughs> did you okay it worked out it worked out it was a uh, it's a weird deal um my ex-girlfriend <laughs> and i bought this car new like for her back in 2015 and uh you know it's a car that I had a connection to and i i knew the car very well. Like I, you know, I took it to most of its service appointments, and the car's only got Does like it's... twenty, twenty three thousand miles. In that's fact, crazy. That's the crazy part. Did, when we did the paperwork, it was twenty three thousand seven hundred and seventy seven miles. So it was just like the signs were there. I closed like signed papers on October seventh, which is like my half birthday. My birthday is April seventh, and that's like my like my initial attachment to the number seven. You know my Instagram handle it's seven 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 style like it was just like everything just kind of clicked off and it's like you know we talked about this for, for a long time but she needed a dog car and you know we've been friends we've been cordial for these you know past years and I've always wanted the car and it just the opportunity arose and I didn't want an S7 like in shopping for Audis and shopping for cars like you know I mentioned a lot of cars like an S8 plus an RS7 like I didn't want an S7 but I wanted that S7 because I knew it. I knew it's history. I knew it was well cared for and it was maintained and We I took it to the canyons like closed the deal last week took it to the canyons on Sunday with uh, My buddy Vin from Hoonigan his e92 m3, which is like tuned and has like like track like spec brakes like that car is like primo Canyon car and uh, a couple of our friends in like vintage 911s all tuned and all on like real rubber and uh yeah dude i was you know all over him like that car like technology even though it's 4500 pounds like that car just like it, it just does whatever you want it to do
0: i should I bring the, the brakes the brakes
1: are smoking after a, a real canyon run so i got to upgrade the pads but uh i should
0: yeah. i should bring the bronco and just <laughs> <laughs> just see how much i can hang
1: yeah like uh it's a it's a great car, man. It's a it's a lot of car for the money, and like it's got an extended warranty uh, through July 2023, like full factory warranty. And that's to be completely honest, that's the only way that I would buy a car like that. You know, it's like if if it didn't have a warranty, if I had to buy an ex, you know uh, aftermarket warranty, I wouldn't be in that market. But uh, yeah, man, it was just perfect storm. Everything worked out, and went to see Dave Chappelle at the Hollywood Bowl last Thursday. How is that? His, uh, it was that? It wasn't really a performance. It was uh, the debut of his documentary uh, oh. surrounding all of his performances last summer in, in Ohio during the pandemic. And um, that was a great, great show. But she lived in Hollywood, and it was like she was going, I was going with a friend. So we met. I drove the car home, took delivery that night. And yeah, man, it's, uh, it's been great. Awesome.
0: Oh, well, there we go. There's a new car in the
1: Hooniverse podcast. Yeah.
0: Congratulations! That's and it's still got the wheels on it that you
1: put on it. It's got it's got wheels on it, but I have another set of wheels to go on and a set of rotiforms right there. Actually, oh, you gotta be on brand now, right? Yeah. So what was on uh, it before? Some other wheels. They 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 almost look like pentas. Yes, they were 21s. They were wheels that I designed, but they were in a brand that I no longer work
0: for. Sure, 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 sure. But they almost look like Pentas.
1: You know my deal. (laughs)
0: Yeah. <laughs> they almost look like pentas. That's all I'm gonna say. Um, yeah. All right, all right. Tell everybody you already said triple seven style. So you yeah, you're, man,
1: you know where to find me.
0: You're off the hook at Hooniverse Jeff for me. Uh, like and subscribe to Hooniverse YouTube channel. Um, enjoy this podcast wherever you're listening to it now. I think it's across like six platforms via Anchor FM, which is where it's based. Uh, Apple. Google and a shitload of other stuff. And if you have any questions about it, email me at Jeff Universe or hit me up wherever. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next week. I'm going to hit stop recording. Oh